welcome back to another episode of Sweetness and Light, featuring me, one of your hosts, Eric, and me, one of your other hosts, Justin, aka Justy. Eric, how are you, dude? I am good. You know, thanks, buddy. I'm you know back from back from uh, shooting a, a movie in California and another movie in Mexico. But I know uh, you've been to the land of the penguins, as you like to say. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I have been to the land of the penguins, and um, they don't actually have as many there as they do in Antarctica. However, um, th- this is this is a fun fact about uh, Alaska that I didn't know about climate change. So this this kind of blew my mind when I was up there. So the because of climate change, it's raised the temperature. I think like two or three degrees Fahrenheit up there. What that's done is the trees have grown taller in the last 50 years. So <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. Like, I mean, they have these giant spruce and these giant birch trees and all these things. And uh, our guide was telling us that this is not normal and don't, you know, this is not something you should really celebrate um, because it's due to global, you know, climate change. But I got to tell you, I don't know what Canada, uh, not Canada, what uh, Alaska looked like before this, but man, it, it, it is gorgeous. So, despite the warning, you were you were celebrating anyway. I was kind of blown away. I'm not going to lie. I uh, it, it it I thought it was just stunning all the way around. So yes, um, I think so. Well, nice way to go. Way to go, Alaska. And um, yeah, here's here's a little thing that maybe you hadn't thought of. Maybe um, maybe import some penguins from Antarctica into Alaska and, and the Arctic, and um, you know, spread a little biodiversity. I think you're right, dude. I think you're 100 percent right. I mean, suddenly right. people would have, you know, suddenly you'd have one more reason to visit, um, you know, such a beautiful place. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, it's it's always been on my bucket list to go up there. Um, however, it's it, one thing that I did not expect um, that it is basically it's like hedonism up there. <laughs> wow, wow. So, well, I mean, we go- uh, sorry, no, I was just gonna say, you know, you see see Sarah Palin, you know, she's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah ready for uh, whatever it takes. <laughs> I will tell you this. Speaking of Sarah Palin, um, it is so weird because my aunt, I guess my, I have a great aunt that lives up there, which I didn't even know, but my mom was telling me about her. her name is Becky. She's a wonderful lady. And um, anyways, so she was telling me the story behind Sarah Palin. And this is just like every other politician, you know, in the world. Like she says she's from this area called Wasilla, which is basically a suburb of Anchorage. Uh-huh. And... Uh, <laughs> She tells this story totally differently. She's like, listen, she's from the sticks. She's from this little shit town that no one's ever heard of. So she decided to stay and move to Wasilla because people have kind of heard of that. And so it made her sound like better. So that's what happened. But people here really don't like her. And we're not even sure how she won. Hey, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this about Sarah Palin. You know, she was plucked from, you know, from obscurity by the, the McCain team without any vetting, which was crazy on their part. Um, yes. You know, and, uh, you know, had had that never happened, had she just been like the mirror of a town of seven thousand people who rose, you know, above all these these powerful, you know, oil influenced men to become the first ever woman governor of Alaska, and that was the end of her story. That would have been a pretty uplifting, amazing story, frankly. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, and that's what it was. But it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't her fault that uh, that McCain's team plucked her out of obscurity and thrust her onto a national and global stage that you know that she's probably not the best person for that but she was like you know getting to getting to be governor of alaska is pretty cool 
Oh, it's crazy cool. Yeah. And one of one of the things that I also learned when I was up there was that the, you know, for the last two years, the pandemic, you know, I mean, the, it was basically shut down. Aside from oil and a few exportings of, of, of a few minor things, there really wasn't any economy up there. So it's one of the few states that actually lost population. It went from like three or 750,000 down to 700 in the last census. Wow. Where did those people go? Uh, funny. Th this actually I did not see coming. Most went to Hawaii and Florida. Really? Really? So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I see. Hawaii, because you're already saying, look, I'm someone who doesn't want to be in the 48 contiguous states, so I'm going to stay in the U.S., but I'm going to go to another non-contiguous state. Absolutely. I can see that part of it, but the, you think you go to Alaska for, you know, the cold and all these other things, and then you go to Hawaii? <laughs> it, just, it just seemed weird to me. And then Florida, too. It was just a very odd Or you just combo. like extremes. You just like... You, you like you like to you like to live on the edge, whether whether you're hot or cold. Well, and also, I think one of the things they do hold together is at least in Florida. Uh, last time I was there, they have a lot of truck drivers, and you know, hmm. I don't want to say they're all a little WT white trash, but uh, wow, wow, there's, there's, there's quite a bit there. Hey, and there, I hate I, to say I, this, but there's quite a bit in Alaska. All right, I'm you know, I'll I'll accept your new uh, your new acronym, but um, I will say, uh, hey, that's a big part of our audience. So we 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 love you. <laughs> WT. Oh, I'm not discrediting it. Um, I, I come from a long line. My mom's from West Virginia, so yeah, I, I have a, a heritage of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. Would you do you consider yourself more hillbilly or more redneck? Ooh, tough. However, according to my mom, we are truly hillbillies because we are from the 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 hills of wow, you know, West Virginia. Um, and redneck is more of a southern term, so I'm going to have to go with hillbilly. Wow, okay, interesting. Now, does hillbilly have anything to do with any kind of relations with billy goats? <laughs> I don't know. Because you're from the hills, sorry. and I guess there are, you know, I guess goats goats are good at navigating the hills. Uh, traversing very well. Uh, I, I think this is something, I think you teed us up beautifully to ask our audience, can you let us know what your thoughts or what you think the term, you know, comes from hillbilly or billy goat or both and whether they're linked uh, well i was gonna say both but i was waiting for you to kind of fill in there but yes uh -huh. and I, i'm gonna say hillbilly i'm gonna I, my theory on this is that it, it probably goes back to something along the lines of like someone named william or bill or something living in the hills that's kind of where my i'm going but i'm not discrediting wow. at all and i think it's a good hypothesis the billy goat i like that i like that a lot and, you know, speaking of bills and goats, um, our mutual friend, uh, Bill Sarine, friend of the show, and I, as I, as you know, have written a uh, screenplay called The Christmas Goat, a.k.a. The Greatest Christmas of All Time. Oh, hang on. Hang on. This, this is exciting news because last time we spoke, the title wasn't totally defined yet or you weren't really willing to discuss it yet. And I knew you guys were working on it. This is huge. Congratulations. Oh, well, no, that that title's been in play for a little while. Maybe it's the other thing we're working on about the Polish mob. Oh, OK. All right. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So uh, but I still have not heard this title before, so I love it. Well, um, and when it's and style it's Christmas it's, goat. Well, it's either the Christmas goat or the greatest Christmas of all time, you know, greatest of all time. The goat, as as you sports people say. Oh, so I get it's it. I get it. I love the plan. Styled as it's you know it's written out as the goat with with uh, periods after each letter with like a little insert of Christmas in between the the G and the O, the Christmas goat. All right, I like well, I love where you're going. I think this is exciting. Now, when is the ETA? You guys think you'll be done? Uh, well, that script because I want to read the first draft. That's okay. Well, you get you're gonna get it today. Woo! 
And, All right. and, and by the way, you're getting the rewrite where it takes place in the snow because uh, because Bill thinks, you know, maybe shoot it up. In a, it was originally written in a war like Southern California kind of thing. Now it's it's transferred. It could be transferred back, you know, so uh, we're, we're thinking about how to do that. OK, I love that. I think that's a really cool. That's badass. I'm excited. Now, what drove the change? Because that's a, that's a big change. So, um, yeah, Christmas goat and then the uh, the Polish mom. Well, um, both sound intriguing. I'm excited. Now, just for our audience, we I've been on vacation. Eric's been, you know, as we know, we talked to last episode. He had just wrapped up recording. Now, before we get going into kind of catching up and everything, I want to ask um, poor Bill last time or Brian, I'm sorry, was like had the plague. Is he recovered? Is he doing OK? Well, that was the crazy thing. Yeah, like so, bronchitis you know, so or something, he, right? He wishes he had bronchitis. It was much worse than that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we shot our our first, you know, speaking of movies, we shot our first short at the beginning of uh, June in uh, in Hollywood and then saw one of your favorite bands, uh, the the Australian band Midnight Oil on their farewell mm-hmm. tour, um, in large part because his buddy is a uh, his buddy Ronj is a um, Midnight Oil groupie who knew there was such a thing and uh, has been following midnight oil around on their on their final tour like he's seen them at least half a dozen times on the current tour i mean okay apparently people do that and um you know he asked us to join him which is you know part of why brian was here and why i was here and uh, and in so doing we shot you know our first movie then we went down after seeing the show literally the next morning got on flights to mexico went down there um had a crazy time you know car rental adventures uh prickly uh, plants in the, in the desert, uh, cacti, of course, but then all, all of the non-cacti, a lot of them are, have ma- major thorns on them as well. Like it's a, it's a great place to be stabbed in the face. I mean, people are just be, you know, being ripped apart on this show, you know, on this shoot <laughs> and, uh, and a ridiculous amount of, of animal scat, as you like to say, um, all over the ground, which, you know, which was a bit of a surprise and, and not that pleasant. Um, now, I mean, are we talking like cow? Like what kind of animal? Well, we didn't know at first. All we saw was the scat at first. But um, yeah, yeah, it turns out uh, a lot of cow. I mean, you know, saw some goats in, in, out there. But I guess all these animals have, you know, tough hides, which make great leather jackets because they're, they're, uh, because they're able to withstand things like, like cacti and prickly plants and, and things like that. Unlike, unlike us humans who have very, very minimal hides. And uh, for whom it actually hurts a lot. So there's cow free ranging cows in the desert. And I mean, it's, it's dense desert. Like, I mean, you know, there's no way to get through things. These plants are intermingled with one another if you're not on a path. And so the cows are just plowing yeah. through it because they don't care because they've got their built in leather jackets. Um, we care a lot. And the cows are cows are leaving behind what cows leave behind. <laughs> and it sounds like a lot of what they're leaving. Behind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, well. No, okay. I always sort of wondered that. You know, you always wonder how come, like in the wild, there aren't more car- animal carcasses, and you know, we know they decay quickly and get, you know, get consumed. But you'd still think you'd see like animal skeletons and things like. You don't see that many, but but you might be think you'd see even more animals <laughs> scat, as you like to say, you know, lying around. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. I'm not so sure. I'm looking for the carcasses, but yeah, down down in the desert near La Paz. A lot of animal scat, a lot of cow dung just sitting around there. And, and we're, 
getting up and lying down like uh, Brian's brother, you know, Steve and I had to lie down on the ground for a lot of these shots and stuff. And um, I'm like, ah, I did, we're laying in dung again. And it's just like, ah, man. Um, the Fleck boys, by the way, the brothers didn't really care that much. They're like, yeah, it's, you know, they live in Alberta, which is, you know, is like sort of the Texas of Canada. And they're 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 used to oil and cows. And they're like, yeah, I mean. And, you know, cow dung isn't that gross. It's just like it's mainly just, you know, just uh, just grass or in this case, cactus. <laughs> they were OK with that was their attitude. Eric, are you there? I feel like we lost Eric for a second. Well, while he's trying to figure out what's going on on his end, I will tell you that uh, to his point in Alaska, we only saw realistically like moose scat. I guess is, is the term that Eric was using. And uh, there's a lot of it and it's big. So I can only imagine seeing that much of cow scat everywhere. That is uh, not, not so good. So I'm sorry that you guys went through that. Uh, I'm more concerned with why you laid in it. Um, I just can't fathom that there's that much that you, you can't av avoid it. So when Eric comes back on, we got to ask him what the heck happened there because I'm kind of floored as to <laughs> why you would uh, would would do that. I'm not. I'm just not sure as to uh, why. So yeah. So anyway, Brian, you know, ended up having this persistent cough, and he'd already had some health issues down in Mexico. So when we got down there the first day, his gout started acting up and gout apparently is something you don't want you know my dad who was a tough guy and I always said marks don't need hospitals and famously like when my brother came home from a tobogganing accident uh, in obvious distress said marks don't need hospitals and you know my brother goes to bed then the next morning gets up one shoulder is noticeably lower than the other my mom's like we're taking him to the hospital and it turns out he had a broken collarbone but you know that's the kind of guy my dad was but then he <laughs> gout was the one thing that laid him out you know I mean he was like he was a boxing champion in college four years in a row. Uh, he, he could take a, He could take a hit. But uh, gout, he said, was like having gout took him out. Yeah, it was like having glass. In gout your put ankle. him out. And um, yeah, he said it was, it was excruciating pain. And Brian was oh, saying the God. same. And so he so. But the difference is in the last few years, apparently there's now gout medication that if you get it early enough, essentially alleviates the pain completely. And so I wish my dad had had that when it was around. But uh uh, but he did not. But um, but Brian didn't think to bring any of this. With Absolutely. Him. And so he's, he's saying, you know, if this happens, I'm kind of out of commission. There's no way we can shoot this movie. And uh, he'll and he'll be completely laid up. But fortunately, he was able to. Well, hang on, I'm just going to ask real, for a second here real quick. Why? Why didn't he bring it? And why was he worried about? Why it? was he worried about it? Or why wasn't he? Why wasn't he worried? about <laughs> This is kind of just seems odd to me. He wasn't worried about it. He, no, why he was he? Worried I guess I'm, I'm confused here. Like he should have been worried about it, as it turns out. But oh, it's very okay, rare for him. I mean, it's very for my, you know, rare for my dad as well. Like, um, but it was very, yeah. So he, uh, it's just suddenly hit him while we were while we were there on day one, and so he managed to go to a Mexican uh, pharmacist and uh, and pick some up, and uh, he did catch it early enough that uh, it took care of things. But that said, then he got this persistent cough. Um, through through the entire shoot, you know, for like the week we were there in the desert, That's you know, dehydrated, getting torn apart by prickly plants. Um, 
you know, we uh, the shoot was tough. I mean, you know, it's like it was ten to twelve hours a day in the desert every day uh, for five days, you know, and uh, and then um, at the end of it, we we get one day off. I fly home, and he's supposed to come back. He's staying in Mexico a couple more days, and then flying up to uh, back to LA to do a bit of post production. Uh, text me the day before he's supposed to come up and go, Hey, I'm, I'm going straight back to Edmonton. And he's like, why? I'm like, why? And he said, it got much, much worse. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, um, um, yeah, he was in the desert. Like when suddenly he felt like he was going to die, he had no way to communicate. Like his, you know, his, his phone was out of service. So no internet, no way to even look up what his symptoms were. Uh, but as soon as he was, he got back into civilization, uh, decided he better Jesus. just go straight home and get, uh, you know, get to a Canadian hospital. Um, gets to gets back to Edmonton immediately does 10 hours of uh of of tests including a CT scan um yeah uh serious life threatening pneumonia and extreme dehydration oh my god but just out well, of curiosity they like let him on the plane from, from their perspective it just seemed like you know like a like a like a cough and not even like a loud cough like you know sort of an under under your breath kind of cough and i guess he um he was uh you know not really he was in considerable distress and pain, but he wasn't really showing it. He's a pretty tough guy. Holy crap. Now, you didn't get any of these symptoms, did you? I know. No, no, although I have something. So, uh, yeah, I'm susceptible to things. And and the first day we were there before we were waiting for Steve. So before, when we were in a hotel before we moved to the Airbnb we stayed in, um, I was sitting at the pool and I did get a bunch of bug bites around my ankle. Most, you know, and I, I attract bugs more than most people do uh, because of, I guess, CO2, you know, expulsion and, uh, and I react much worse than most people because of allergies. Um, but most of the bites went down after a few days. However, I've got on, on my ankle, like right where the, you know, the ankle bone is on the inside. Um, there's a, there's a huge bump on yeah. it. Like a, like your, like a Steve, your brother kind of bump when he got conked on the head with a surfboard <laughs> on my ankle that's been there for three weeks. So when I actually saw my nephrologist a week and a half ago, my kidney doctor, um, I asked him to take a look, even though it's not obviously not his specialty, but he he knew enough that it wasn't right. He said, whoa, that's crazy. He said, you know, if it was soft and liquid inside, we could lance it or something, but it's hard. Uh, you know, that's definitely not something that's good. So, uh, you know, if it's here in a month when you come back for your next appointment, we should uh, think about a course of action. You should see somebody. Um, in the meantime, if it turns red or, you know, gets painful, uh, you know, call in immediately because that's probably an infection or something. But um, oh, wait, hang on a second. So you you have not been like to a dermatologist or anything else. You, you're holding yeah, off for probably, your nephrologist I'm thinking, Like I was showing it to some friends at a Fourth of July thing yesterday. And they're like, you should go to like a you know to 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 like a urgent care or yes, yeah, go. Oh, and and you know I have no shyness about going to those places, but um, uh, but I you know just yeah. because the nephrologist kind of said, oh, hold on, but it, but but you know it, it's uh it's a little whiter right now, like you know, and I've been it. it as you can imagine, it hurts a lot when I rollerblade because my blades are carbon fiber shells, so it's like you know it's compressed, oh. you know. So so maybe I should check it out. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'll check that. Out. But meanwhile, getting back to to Brian's thing, he um, yeah. So pneumonia. He was he was completely out of commission, and they're like, yeah, you're you know, it's a good thing you came in when you did, as they say, uh, because uh, uh, yeah, you're in really bad shape. Holy cow. Well, I mean, is he? Is he? I mean, because it's been what three weeks? Is he? Is he like back to normal? Or is he still in suffering? Uh, for a few days after that, he was still still rough, but he's he seems to be more or less. But he, he say, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a pretty uh, 
a pretty solid dude, but he was like, he said, yeah, for, it was, it was pretty scary for, for a while, you know, and he suddenly, um, he's the kind of guy who likes being disconnected and out in the, you know, out in the desert by himself with no connection to the, to the real world. But he said this time it was actually scary having like he much would have preferred, um, having normal communications and access to Google and stuff. So he could, uh, self-diagnose and then figure out uh, at least have some idea because he had no idea what was happening. So on a side note here, as we wrap up, speaking of self-diagnosis, I was with my brother in, uh, as you call it, Antarctica and (laughs) his biggest beef, his biggest complaint. It was the funniest thing ever because, you know, he sees roughly 30 patients a day on average. Um, and he says that 90% of his patients come in self-diagnosed. Like one of them came in in the day and he asked, he goes, you know, uh, they have a a giant questionnaire, you know, for all these symptoms. And she goes, you know, I self-diagnosed myself. Ah. I I think I have AIDS. And he's like, well, and he's like, what? She's like, well, I looked online. I have all these symptoms. And he's like, well, have you been tested? She's like, no, no, no. I'm fairly convinced. So he's like, well, listen, you know, you've, you've, I have to test you because you've mentioned it. So anyways, she gets the test. Of course, she doesn't have it. Um, in fact, she's a, a virgin. She's in her 30s. Wow. And uh, not that that matters, but it was just interesting. And so he's like, so why did you think that? And she goes, well, you know, I've kind of lost my appetite. I've, I've been sick recently. And he goes, um, that's for completely different reasons. And so his main thing is like, he, <laughs> he was telling everyone in the tour, don't, do not self-diagnose. Like whatever you do, like go to your physician, go to whatever you're going to go to any country. Don't self-diagnose because he sees it all the time and people get hysterical over it. And I just thought that was a great segue into what you were saying. Although interesting, interesting, because I imagine you're the type of person who self-diagnoses heavily. Uh, yeah, but I don't go to Google <laughs> for it. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh yeah, I got so, this. Okay, perfect. And which irritates <laughs> him even more. Okay. So you're, 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 you're exactly <laughs> what he doesn't want. Uh, To an extreme bit, though. I mean, I'm the guy who's like, you know, I've got the sniffles. I've got whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've definitely got a cold. I try to to just restrict it to to, to very, you know, very accurate and uh, and literary descriptions of my symptoms rather than trying to diagnose what they they mean. Uh, And I, I... I respect you for that. And I would say that probably based on your intellect and your ability to discern things that Steve would probably still give you crap about it, but you be in the ballpark, you know, go, I don't think you jump immediately to, to AIDS, rarely, right? Like rarely. you wouldn't go to SARS maybe, but not, not AIDS. <laughs> Only when you've been sharing needles and having lots of, you know, crazy, I don't well, know, in the famous, wild sex, you know, right? You remember in, in the, the, the famous James in the subway on the way to Yankee stadium story, we all assumed he had Ebola or flesh eating virus. <laughs> thank god and the good news for those that aren't aware that was before you could really look this stuff up on google fast on your phone so the good news is that was not available you guys were self-diagnosing <laughs> before you know there was really these this technology available and that shows you that uh, again great way to set yourself up for not the right case of what's going on yeah well hey i will say this because i know you got a drop but um happy canada day uh i celebrated with uh, you know seeing uh, steve martin and martin short uh, uh two uh, you know two of the heroes of the show and uh and fireworks at the hollywood bowl on uh, on canada day so that was uh, that was quite spectacular and martin of course is canadian so it's uh you know it added to the uh, uh to the festive nature of the whole thing and uh 
and then you know did did um, a few little parties uh, yesterday for uh, the Fourth of July, um, a, a bunch of beach day drinking, um, and then uh, and then even though Marina Del Rey itself has you know one of the great uh, official show, uh, fireworks shows, went with other Eric to a friend of ours up sort of like in closer to East LA where there's just unofficial fireworks going on for about five hours. Okay, that sounds pretty amazing. We will pick it up, All and right. I'll tell you what we did. Welcome back. Um, think about that penguin idea. <laughs> Thank you to everyone out there. Bye, guys. Bye.